the Arizona schools tried and succeeded, you know, to some extent in getting impressive non-conference win for the Pac-12, but overall not enough to offset a shock loss by USC to BYU, a domination of UCLA by Oklahoma, and a walloping of Stanford by UCF. All that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver, offense number 64. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So let's get right into last week's action. How about Friday night, Washington State, neutral site game in Texas. I believe they were playing at NRG Stadium, so they're playing Houston in Houston, but I don't believe it was at Houston. Uh, Cougs, eight and a half point favorites. They won the game. Uh, 31 to 24, but, uh, the Houston Cougars, uh, won against the spread. Yeah. I mean, I think we both, uh, correctly picked WSU to win this game. I think we, we all actually had WSU to cover the spread, which they did not do. But I mean, if you're WSU, you go down and get a nice win on a Friday night game, get that extra day rest, you know, Houston's not a power five school. But also isn't a isn't a bad non-conference opponent. You know that's a good that's a good feather in their cap in terms of scheduling. No one's going to look down on that. Certainly. Um, so I, I mean I think all things being equal, you got to say great result for the Goose. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean I think uh, some uh, in speaking with our friend uh, Dave Baker, he was saying that the advanced stats uh, maybe you know like view Eastern as a better team than Houston this year. Besides, despite Houston's uh, you know superior pedigree. Uh, but, uh, yeah, all this to ever to Joe football fan, which includes me that Houston seems like a real school. Dana Holgerson's a real coach and WSU went down there to their place and beat them in an area where WSU tries to recruit. So, uh, nothing but a positive. Yeah. Can't argue with advanced stats, you know, certainly. The thing I love, the thing I love about advanced stats is they always tend to prove that the teams you don't like are bad and that the teams that you do like are good. That's what I love about advanced stats. Yeah. Oh, I love those too because certainly I don't uh, – I have no fluency in them for like college football. Uh, I keep meaning to be like, oh, every offseason I'm like, okay, this is the time I'm going to learn about what the numbers mean and understand Sagarin ratings and S&P and stuff like that, but I yeah, never why, actually why get Connelly, down to it. Yeah, why Connolly is so well-respected and why we should care, like why – what he thinks is more important than what other people think. Yeah. From what, from what I know in my limited, so like I, I keep track of the, the baseball stuff and that makes sense to me because there's such a, uh, uh, monumental, uh, uh, disparate array of isolatable events, you know, and the season goes long enough for that rates to mean something, you know? Uh, and I've followed a little bit of that for like football outsiders for NFL stuff. Uh, so I understand some basic concepts, but one of the things that's limiting about it relative to baseball is that, uh, even in an NFL 16 game season, it's hard for there to be enough time for the data to mean much, you know, <laughs> like just the, just the sample of the season itself is in a lot of ways too small. So college football, how we chop four games off of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I'm sure there's something to it. And uh, one day I'm going to learn something about it. Uh, next up, Oklahoma went to UCLA, 
like we said, recruiting trip for them. They're going to score as many points as they want to. And 48 was the number they picked. They beat the Bruins 48 to 14. The under came in. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. They were up big in the first half. I, I, I want to say Jalen Hurts' first half was the most impressive first half statistically that you're ever going to see. Um, I kind of forgot that guy played quarterback for Oklahoma, which is hard to do considering, you know, ESPN reminds me about it a lot. But yeah, uh, I tuned in and I was like, oh, yeah, Jalen Hurts. He had a crazy first half in this game, and Oklahoma could have put 90 points on UCLA if they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're still waiting for the uh, Chip Kelly uh, machine to start ticking over. Uh, Utah hosted Idaho State, and it went about exactly as you'd think, you know. Utah managed 31 points, which is a blowout for them, and were uh, able to shut out the Bengals, I believe it is. I think that's right. I think Idaho State's the Bengals. I mean... Why? I about this game because, you know, we, we decided correctly that Utah was going to crush it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess they were just like, that's the name of a football team, and we're far enough away that that'll be fine. But I, I don't... I mean, they certainly don't have Bengals in Cincinnati, so I guess I shouldn't get bent out of shape about it. They might uh, have some kind of Bengals in Idaho, you know? Like, there may be, like, a big cat reserve or something there, you know? Oh, yeah, that's possible, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's all the more <laughs> on that game. Oregon hosted Montana. Uh, you know, Oregon had just stomped Nevada the previous week, and then this week... Uh, uh, not as much against Montana. Still comfortable, comfortable winners, 35-3. to three. Uh, But, you know, whatever. I mean, it was a game they were always going to win, and they won it. They sure did win it. Good for them. Yep. Uh, Stanford traveled to UCF, uh, which maybe seemed viable when they scheduled this game, but since then UCF has turned into something of a power. And Stanford, without their quarterback, without their uh, star offensive lineman, uh were uh demolished uh in a game uh 45 to 27 where they had 17 of their 27 points in the fourth quarter after this thing was long decided 38 to 7 at the half yikes stanford got absolutely screwed this year on the schedule they are at usc the second week of the season yep then they're at ucf and now they're back to play oregon this upcoming week. I mean, even if they were healthy, like a hundred percent healthy, that's brutal. And now with their injury status, I mean, they're just a shell of their former selves. I, I think it's, it's gotta be pretty rough in that locker room right now in terms of morale, because I mean, this season is lost for them. And you know, the injuries that they've had are pretty sizable injuries in terms of like season ending injury for Walker little. It's not like they can look towards, a date on the calendar and be like, Oh, we'll, we'll be all good. You know, in a couple of weeks, I mean, it's, it's, it's too late. And so, I mean, just, I just look at the schedule. They had the first four weeks of this, of this year and that's just a complete disservice to that university, but you know, it's how it goes, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see uh, Stanford, uh, what is starting to look like the tail end of an excellent decade for their football team, uh, how they bounce back with a resurgent Washington, resurgent Oregon, uh, and USC looking like they're just about to get their act together. Uh, 
where does that leave Stanford? Because what the one of the things that has kept them going is that offensive linemen uh, are smart people, and a lot of them have realized that if the teams are going to be good anyway, I'll just go get a Stanford degree. And uh, to what extent does uh, Stanford potentially uh, being mediocre or poor uh, play into their ability to get those type of players? Yeah. Well, I think particularly if SC starts to recruit well again, that's going to hurt their Stanford. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, Arizona State traveled to Michigan State. Michigan State revenge on their minds. They lost to Herm last year. But I'll tell you what, Herm's got their number. Arizona State goes in, late touchdown, 10-7 to winners. Ugh, this game was on national television. Super controversial ending. Apparently, Pac-12 Conference has already acknowledged that the crew made a mistake in the final play and did not award Michigan State a penalty. And to that, I say, who cares? Like, yep. why, why are we doing that on behalf of other conferences? Other conferences are not going to be acknowledging mistakes they make that benefit their own team. So I say, too bad, Michigan State. You should never, ever in a million years have been at home trying to kick a field goal as time expired to tie a Arizona state team that's starting a true freshman quarterback. So I care not for your officiating error. Like you lost that game anyways. So get, get out of here. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that on, on both grounds. What's the PAC 12 doing apologizing. And then on the second one, uh, if you get, let the game go to a place where it's going to be decided by a call, there's a chance that they, that they missed the call or the call goes against you. And that's, this is one of the outcomes and it happened. Yeah. And it's shameful if you're Michigan state to let it get to that, that point in time. So Mm -hmm. you can't really complain about what the outcome is after that. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, next up USC, uh, traveled to BYU, uh, a BYU team that Utah handled in week one, BYU turned around, got the overtime win against, uh, Tennessee, and they get another overtime win against USC here. This is baffling to me. Mm-hmm. I did not think this was going to happen. Um, I don't know why USC didn't blow out BYU because of the fact that there's a talent disparity in this game that is significant. Yep. So I, you know, you think USC's kind of get its act together and, and pulling it together. And then they just go and remind you that Clay Helton's their coach, and this is who they are. They're just not very good. Yeah, and then uh, I saw uh, after the game, Clay Helton talking about the positives that they managed to get 170 or so rushing yards against BYU, neglecting to mention that BYU had surrendered uh, an average of 240 rushing yards a game in their first two weeks. Well, and neglecting the fact that his team lost. You know, like I don't, yeah. I don't find a lot of positives in games that, you know, my team loses, particularly if I'm USC and I just lost to a BYU team that is, you know, nowhere near the BYU of old, which was a, you know, a pretty reasonable outfit. I mean, this this BYU team, maybe this season will prove to be different. They do now have a couple of nice, you know, wins, but... Nice um, after a fashion. This is a Tennessee team that is dog shit, right? They beat them less convincingly than Georgia State did. And then USC is a mess. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think the Clay Helton era is going to end sooner rather than later. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at Clay Hill. I mean, look at I, I was you know name searching him on Twitter to see what people were talking about, and I saw somebody and I couldn't believe it, and I just looked it up to confirm his highest profile job prior to being the head coach at USC, right? Was offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Memphis from 2007 to 2009, uh, from which he was fired. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he? He was on USC's staff, right? I mean, yeah, and then he staff. then he bounced around. Somehow got to be USC's QB coach in ten, uh, and was that you know through twelve, and then became the interim coach. Uh, where was that? Was that right before Sark? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I want to say it was right before Sark. So he get he's interim coach when. I barely remember who was Kiffin when Kiffin was fired. Helton was interim, and then he's OC and QB for Sark, and then uh, you know becomes interim, and then to the head coach of USC. I mean, if I was him, I'd be in a good mood too. I guess he's probably yeah. a lot more money than he ever thought he was going to have, and you know when they fire him, they still have to pay him. So why not? You know, if you're Clay Helton, like why the hell not? Yeah, uh, yeah. His record uh, with Sam Darnold uh, was twenty and four, and now without him, he's what, something like thirteen and eleven, or something like that. It's not as good. Yeah, it's not as good. Uh, Air Force went to Colorado. The Buffs they beat in Colorado State. The Buffs had beaten Nebraska. These these option teams are tricky. <laughs> Uh, Air Force, 30 to 23 winners, pump the brakes on, uh, the Mel Tucker. Is that their coach's name? Yes, I think so. On his, uh, kind of, you know, roaring out of the gates here. I mean, a little reality check for Colorado here. Too bad too, because I really, I really was enjoying the, the bandwagon, the buff bandwagon. And now you really, you know, got to pump those brakes big time because that's just not a good loss. You know, I, Air Force is not you know, not that great. You should probably beat them if you're playing at home, you know? Yeah. Uh, tra- extending a troubling trend of, uh, you know, giving themselves a big hole in the first half, tried their best to dig out of it. Were able, I mean, it was astonishing that Colorado got the game to OT, you know? I mean, they really had to scratch and claw. And then you figure you get it there, might as well win it, but uh, Air Force at the end of the day. Real bummer. Yep. All right. California hosted North Texas. And let me tell you about this Cal team that beat Washington uh, two weeks ago. They suck, uh, and they can't score, uh, and they get out to a 20-0 lead in this game. And you think, "Uh uh-oh, Cal might be for real this year. No, they're not. They won by a score, 23-17. They made it three points in the final three quarters of the game. Uh, North Texas scored 17. This was a football game. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Just infuriating. I'm just mad. I don't know. Uh, so that's a string of poor results for the conference. Uh, let's get a good one. Oregon state hosted Cal Poly beaver mania, a proud day to be a beaver 45 to seven runaway winners, uh, against Cal Poly and even like took the fourth quarter off. Yeah. Good win for the beeves. They're in the, they're, they notch a win in the win column for the, you know, for the year, which is going to, they're going to be a few and far between. So you got to enjoy them when they come. And uh, they did it in convincing fashion. So, you know, nothing nothing negative to say about this. 
Yep. Uh, baffling. Uh, well, not baffling. I mean, this that's what the Beavers should do. When I'm saying baffling, I'm talking about the next game. Arizona hosted Texas Tech. Arizona lost to Hawaii. Arizona, not as convincing as they could have been against Northern Arizona, though they did have a, a big, big lead early uh, while surrounding a, a bunch of points. They put the clamps down against the air raid. 28-14 to 14 winners, Wildcats. Texas Tech was a favorite going into this game at Arizona. Mm-hmm. And Arizona just wasn't having it. They weren't having it. Khalil Tate, 129 yards on the ground. That's the Khalil Tate I paid to see. Didn't I think? I think like 85 of those came on one run. Hey, that's the Khalil Tate I paid to see. Yeah, and <laughs> it's an impressive run. it's an impressive run where he basically, I mean, his speed is so just on display. He's just faster than everybody else, and <laughs> can't be caught. You know, like it was I love those. Yeah, because that's gonna happen. You'll bottle them up all game. And then one play, one guy, you know, just misses the blade of grass he was supposed to cut off of. And then all of a sudden, boom, gone. Yeah. just gone. Yeah, that's what happened. It was, it was, I mean, it's a great run. It's, but it's just one of those things where you're just, you're watching it and you're like, that's, that angle is not going to work. Like that guy's not going to get him. And sure yeah. enough, he didn't. And away he went. Uh, and then finally, Washington hosted Hawaii, a Hawaii team. That opened up with wins against Arizona, win against Oregon State. Uh, looking for their third Pac-12 win on the trot. Washington uh, slammed the door on them early. Uh, Washington, 38 first quarter points. Uh-huh. I'll take it. A little 50-burger, 52-20. to 20. Uh, Comfortable win for the dogs. First quarter or first half? Excuse me. First half, 38-0. to zero. Okay. I was, I was worried. I mean, actually, so, yeah, I... I didn't see this game as I was at a family wedding in uh, Great Barrington, Massachusetts. Um, but I was following on my phone and was was noting that they were very far out in front of this game, you know, very quickly. And so it was nice to see that. Eason's stats looked like a video game in the first half. So he was obviously, you know, playing well. And the the running game, you know, looked good. I did I did get to watch the sixty and sixty, so I've subsequently seen it. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it. Other than the fact that they came out of the locker room in the second half a little slow and didn't, you know, let let uh, Hawaii go on two lengthy drives. Uh, not a lot to complain about in this game. Yeah, Hawaii got it back to thirty eight to twenty. Uh, and the third quarter, you're exactly right. Was Hawaii had two monster drives and got the yardage of the game pretty even at that point before Washington was able to get a couple late scores to put it away. Uh, but this is what you're supposed to do to bad teams is just shellack them uh, from the start. And, I mean, Hawaii played a perfect quarter of football uh, and found themselves down three scores still, you know, in the third. Uh, so uh, I'm fine with it. Uh, some... You know, I mean, we're still we're still same problem. Washington's going to have all years that they're crying out for uh, Ty Jones or a, a big receiver to show up somewhere. You know, uh, but Hunter Bryant, good game. Ahmed was running the ball well. Uh, Newton on the goal line with the Wildcat has taken over for that those Miles Gaskin carries, and he seems to be adequate at it. You know, yeah, uh, didn't they have like three touchdowns on eight carries or something like that. Yeah, because they just uh, once they get inside the ten, they just put him in the wildcat, and uh, you know what? I'll tell you what they run some, uh, uh, you know, like uh, kind of like fly sweep action off of that. But uh, the next time that's handed off will be the first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a figure for you. <laughs> yeah. 
Because he, uh, on, on one of the last times, they ran that a couple times, and he got stoned on the way in, and Ahmed was just, like, flying free to the sideline with nobody within a country mile of him. And I was just like, oh, he's just never handing that off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's good. You know, maybe it'll trick some people's eyes for a couple more weeks. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it. Good win for the dogs. There you go. All right. So, last week, how we do on picks? You did very well. You went eight and four. I went did bad. I did went six and six, and Worm did okay. He went seven and five. So you now have a commanding lead at twenty four and ten. I am in second place at twenty and fourteen, and Worm is in third at nineteen and fifteen. So you got a four four game lead right now. Man, I got I got to keep this going. It's good. It's having the 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 balls to take North Texas. That That's, was a great pick. That was a great pick. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta love it. All right, uh, next week's games. Let's talk about them. Uh, we got some conference games. You know, kind of, uh, you know, a, a few more. I'd say. Uh, starting off on Friday, Utah going to USC. And the thing I wanted to say about USC is that tough to take a lot of positives away from the loss to BYU, unless you're looking at this thing from fifty thousand feet. Clay Hilton's got to go. You know this if you're a USC fan. And, uh, you know, what a, you know, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure or something like that. You know, we're just, we're going to rip the Band-Aid off here. We're going to take our lumps and we're going to get ourselves a real coach. Uh, Friday night, this game's going to be on FS1. Who's doing the pregame show? On site, Urban Meyer. <laughs> I love that. Also, also on site, Reggie Bush. Because he's with the FS1 team, it will be the first time he's been back in the stadium since he was, you know, banned and USC, uh, you know, disavowed him as ever having been there. What a joke that is! They apparently checked with the NCAA if it's okay for Reggie Bush to be there, and the NCAA said it was okay because he's there in a work capacity. How you dare they? How dare they? That shit. If I'm if I'm USC, I'm having Reggie Bush. I'm you know welcoming him back with open arms. If I'm the new AD, I'm yep. doing all that shit. I'm putting his Heisman Trophy, which he won for being the best player that most everybody's ever seen. Um, I'm bringing that right back. I, you know, yeah. I don't care that they took it away from him. I'll just have another one made and put it out there and be like, yeah, we remember that season because it was awesome. Yeah, um, you know what, like. I don't care the NCAA and their hypocrisy. Get out of town with that. This the, the fact that USC has let itself get back into this corner where they have to pretend that that guy doesn't exist, man. Like celebrate that dude. You know, like he was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, this guy is. It's in uh, the only player I put in the same universe as him in terms of being as fun to watch in college as Peter Warwick back when he was on the Seminoles. You know, just like who who would just go out there and. Uh, you know, just do all these jump cuts and just make defenders look ridiculous. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's right. I mean, Johnny Manziel for a period of time. But the thing with Manziel was his his genius was that he was unpredictable, and he was you know he was just he was scooting all over the place. He was making crazy throws. He was you know he's just beating teams with his pure athleticism and and creativity. Reggie Bush was just fucking better than you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he was just better at football. Like line up in the I formation and I'm gonna run it and make a crazy play because I'm just so good. Like, yeah, that guy was just, you know, like he was a cheat code every time you put him on the field. He did insane stuff. And if you're USC, 
I, I can't believe you let yourself get put in this position of having to like turn your back on that guy. Yeah, what I, what I like about a Reggie Bush or Peter Warwick or uh, Dante Hall, the old punt returner for the Chiefs, these guys that can stop faster than everybody else uh, and then start faster than everybody else because that the the change of direction is just, it's just like unfair for people to have knees and leg muscles that do that. Yeah, for it's sure. It's tremendously satisfying. As for the game, uh, I've, Here's here's what you got to know about USC. They're not going to be predictable this year. And if I get them at home with points, everybody piling uh, uh, dirt on their grave against a Utah team that has trouble scoring, uh, a USC team eager to say nobody believes in us, uh, want to put their stamp down on the South, I'm going to take the Trojans in this one. I think that's a good pick. I think. I, I'm going to take the Utes. Because the Utes have this running back, this Moss character. And I think with their defense, USC is going to struggle. And I think Utah is just going to run going to run Moss at, their, at USC's defense until USC's defense uh, packs up and goes home. So I, I actually really like your pick. I'll take Utah. We'll see. Good game, though. Good game for Friday night. Like, I'm um, – Reasonably excited for this. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's gonna be. I'm I'm excited to watch that as well. Next up, California uh, traveling into SEC country. Uh, Vaught Hemingway Stadium in Oxford, Mississippi, home of John Grisham, I believe. Uh, they are going to be playing Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss two and a half point home favorites. Over under on this game is forty one. Yikes! This isn't going to be tremendously watchable. Uh, Cal sucks, dude. Uh, give me Ole Miss. <laughs> Yep, I agree. <laughs> uh, uh, next up, Oregon and Stanford. And also Ole Miss, by the way, isn't going to give a fuck about Cal. Uh, and that's going to play in. Uh, what what time does this one kick? Oh, 9 a.m. Pacific? Yeah, Ole Miss by 14. Uh, Stanford is hosting Oregon, a Stanford team that can't do anything but has Oregon's number. It must be said. Uh, Oregon chokes the game away at home to Stanford last year, cost them the conference. Uh, Oregon are 10 point favorites against the Stanford team that looks pretty meek, but also at the same time, their losses are to USC and uh, uh, Central Florida, two, two colorably credible football operations when viewed in a you know certain light. I don't think so. I'm going to take Oregon. Although Oregon has not looked great, you know, under Cristobal, they have not looked great outside of Oxen, but I, I just think Stanford, I think they're mentally defeated at this point. Yeah, I, I would say maybe, I think you a neutral might look at what these teams have done this season and say Oregon by 2030, you know, something pretty hefty. Uh, and I'll, I'll give Stanford enough pride to kind of stick around. But yeah, I, I like Oregon by 10. I think that's a good number. I like them by two touchdowns in this one. More of a game than one might think, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Colorado traveling to an Arizona State team uh, that is favored by seven and a half points, which uh, by going off their scoring output last week uh, would require Colorado to be limited to a safety. <laughs> uh, oh. I, t- I mean, I, Arizona State, let me, let me do a quick rundown of their scores 19 points against sacramento at home 
Sacramento State. I buff me up. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, not a great. I mean, and this is also for Colorado. They get back to go. They get to play like traditional football again, and the the triple option doesn't go away. I, I'm with you on that. I'll take the buffs. Yeah, I wonder how uh, Herm Edwards' comments after the Michigan State game uh, played in the Sun Devils ticket office, where he said he would not pay to watch this team. <laughs> <laughs> I, as you know, well paid to watch. (laughs) And it's, it's barely enough. I would not take less money to watch this team. I certainly would not put money forth to watch this. I mean, if you want to go, this is outside, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 97 degrees. Yeah. That sounds miserable. Yeah. I mean, it's at night, but still. Shorts, for sure. And the coach is telling you the score. He's like, don't pay for this. Yeah, you got to like that about Herm, you know. Straight shooter. I love Herm, man. Uh, Next up, UCLA travels to Pullman. Uh, Probably good for UCLA to get out of Pasadena. Uh, The Cougs are favored by 18.5 against a UCLA team that inexplicably can't score now, WSU have, uh, with the exception of Houston, been real gaudy on offense against lesser opponents. And I would say UCLA is a lesser opponent. But what a number. This, I think this is a really nice line. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I got to see the confidence from UCLA before I pick them. So I'm going to take the Cougs. I said I wasn't going to take UCLA for the rest of the year. Because they burned me, you know. But I lied. I'm going to take them again. I like. I, I like it. I think that's a good pick. That's tough because WSU is maybe. I mean, we'll see. What what they're doing is getting their wins that they're supposed to be getting. Uh, but 18 and a half is a lot of points. UCLA, you know, they they don't the Cougs don't bludgeon you. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Cougs and on defense, the Cougs are not. You know, they're not going to the. I, they're not going to do anything like what Oklahoma did. I think they're more akin to like a what Cincinnati was. And UCLA, you know, they scored a couple points. Like you get a couple of touchdowns, and all of a sudden, you know, the Cougs got to put up forty points to cover this spread. You know, it's that's that's what gets me right. I mean, like I think UCLA is going to score fourteen points. Yeah, I li- like Oregon against Stanford. I like WSU by a couple touchdowns in this game, but I could see it. You know what I mean? It's just that what's going to happen is that Washington State at the end of the day is going to be able to out-execute UCLA because between these two programs, the players at WSU know how to win football games and the players at UCLA uh, have a vague idea of it. They do not. <laughs> yeah, they don't really at all. They're, they Theoretically, they're like, well, if we execute to the best of our ability, it might possibly do it. Where WSU can say, here's all the times we've executed our game plan and won games. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, and finally, Washington uh, playing a BYU team that is coming off wins against Tennessee. Uh, an overtime win at Tennessee, an overtime win at home against mighty USC. BYU feeling themselves a little bit. Uh, but BYU really gives it up on the ground, and uh, I I think Washington's going to be too much for them. I you know I'd pick them anyway, but I like I like Washington fairly comfortably in this game. 
Yeah, I think if you're BYU, you you've got some film from the Cal game that shows you how you can stymie Washington, but you don't have the secondary and you still yep. have the run defense to, yep. to execute to that. And so the question, you know, if, if Washington is able to run the ball, it's going to make scoring points a lot easier for them. And if they can do that, you know, even with the missed tackling and the issues that, that Washington had, they got, I noticed they had three turnovers last week against Hawaii, which means they started to kind of get that, that going again, which is a big part of Jimmy Lake's, you know, uh, defensive mantra, right? Score or get the ball back is his big thing. Yeah, which was cute for a while, but then they stopped getting turnovers last year, so I didn't, I didn't find it as amusing. Yeah, um, and so and so if they're able to continue to generate, you know, a couple of turnovers a game, it's it's just going to be one of those things where BYU is, you know, I, I liken it to what I think is going to be like a, a, a row, you know, like a crew match rowing, right? Where it's like you can't put your finger on it, but like. A couple minutes into it, one boat's like certainly a full boat length ahead of the other one, kind of thing, you know. Like, yeah, and you can't really tell why, but there's a lot of football games where you just like you're watching them and you're just not sure why, but one team's just up by a couple scores and it's just the better team. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think so too. Uh, yeah. Uh, any anything other special that we missed? Probably, but I don't know what it is. All right, me neither. Uh, That does it for this week's eligible receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week.